have a goaltending prospect named Ian Scott. Uh, just go Google his name and you'll love the Wikipedia page that first shows up. Just that's too that's funny. All, that's all I can say. <laughs> and uh, parlez-vous français to you too. Uh, today's show is going to be the closeout, sort of the closeout of our uh, our depth in the NHL or the lack thereof. And uh, we've done the center's defense both sides of the wing, and now we come to Justin's favorite spot, the goaltending. Uh, I actually think this is the most interesting one that we've done so far because it's maybe the largest collection of teams that you really could throw in a bunch of them. Like, yeah, there are some teams where it's obvious that they struggle at the goaltending position. We'll just, I don't know, throw out a name like Philadelphia. Everyone knows that they're having troubles with their goaltending, but they've got Carter Hart in the weeds. So we know, you know, their their depth is kind of is interesting because yeah, their starting goalie sucks, but there's a guy coming. And so this this is where it's so difficult because a lot of these teams with bad goaltending now actually have somebody who looks like they might be able to come in eventually and, and play well. But uh there's only really two guys, maybe three guys in an organization that ever get a shot. At one time, so yeah. uh, how did you go about doing this? Maybe a little bit differently than the rest of the positions that we've covered. Yeah, kind of piggybacking on what you said. You know, it there aren't a ton of guys to like. For instance, when we did defense, right? You have six, seven, eight guys on each team that you can base your, you know, your your bias around on your opinion of oh, this team sucks at defense, right? Right. And right. on goaltending, it's like okay, there's really two guys, maybe three on each team that you can look at and be like, all right, this really makes up the core of their goaltending. And then maybe there's one decent, one, you know, mediocre prospect they might have. And so you kind of have to go off that. So for me, um, I kind of pulled together a bunch of teams that just, uh, when you look at their, their starting two guys, right? Like you just say, okay, well, they're not good. They're not good. They're not good. This team. Nope. Not good. Not good. And then once I gather all those teams, I started to look at maybe what they had in the prospect pool and say, okay, well, this guy could be good. This guy's projected to be a superstar. This guy's projected to be a starter at some point. So kind of base it on that, I guess, is that weight a little bit more and then at the tail end of everything else. Sure. And it's probably the most difficult position to evaluate on an individual basis because the team plays such a big role into how good that goaltender is. Although, you know, you look at a team like Detroit and the way that Jimmy Howard is just carrying them right now, you also have to factor in the fact that some times and some particular goalies can just put a team on their back and carry them for a long time. And they're almost unexplainable stretches of greatness for certain goaltenders. I'd say Jimmy Howard's one. Actually, his counterpart, Peter Peter Morazic, he had a pretty fantastic four or five month stretch, probably what, four years ago now? Something uh, like when that. he was just lights out over the winter. And uh, all that to be said, welcome to the show, Overtime Hockey Talk. I'm Mark. This is Justin. And let's get into our lack of goaltending, good depth, and start good depth. Uh, good depth. It's good app. Uh, yes. So the Florida Panthers narrowly missed my list. I'm just going to start throwing out some teams that good. narrowly missed because I have four of them wow. that narrowly missed. Uh, so the Florida Panthers are my are my one of my, my narrowly missed. I I almost put them in here. Luongo. I know you're like, how could you put Lu- a team I love with Luongo. Luongo who, when healthy, is a top ten goaltender in the league tends to be statistically speaking. 
his Twitter account alone, sure, just sure. you can throw him out of this conversation. That's, that's fair. Yes, if uh, the, and then you know you go well. They have James Reimer too, with solid backup, a solid backup who has shown that he can take thirty games, forty games in a season, and do re, uh, fine. Yeah, fine is really as top of my my uh, adjectives for the way that he plays. He's just fine. Uh, he's not necessarily going to lose you that many games. Uh, he's all, but he's also not going to win you many games either. Uh, and I, I almost put them in here because Luongo is seems like he's never healthy. And my God, what are they going to do if it's Reimer and Hutchinson next year? Because Reimer's still Ooh. under contract for next year. Yes, he is. So there's so uh, is Luongo. Yes, yeah. yes, and we'll see. Because Luongo was considering retirement last year. Remember, he got hurt, and he's just saying that he wasn't having any fun, and then he came back, and then he was like, oh, I've been reinvigorated. Then he goes and he gets hurt again twice already. Right? I think it's twice yeah, he's I, gotten hurt. So. He's going to be like a Henrik Zetterberg when he retires. Not officially, because the whole cap recapture penalty thing that Vancouver and Florida would end up you know, occurring. Right, you just go jog on the LTIO exactly. for a while. Yeah, sure. Uh Join Joffrey Lupel and Chris Pronger. Nathan Horton. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, who else? Missed, who missed your list? A uh, couple teams. I didn't put four. I did. I actually put three. So, uh, Vancouver Canucks. I know they're they're starting tandem right now with, um, you know, Markstrom and Nielsen. You, you look at those guys and you're like, ah, not so good. But when you get into their prospect pool, to me, it's pretty strong. Uh, DPHO and Demko. Two guys that should be starters in this league at some point, we would assume. Yeah, yeah. two guys on on like the top fifteen ish goaltending prospects already drafted right now. So that yeah. I mean, if you've got two out of the fifteen, you're doing better than at least thirteen <laughs> teams, fourteen teams in the league. So yeah, uh, yeah. There's at least in terms of their depth of that position in their prospect pool, they have some. Yep. Uh, two other teams, the New York Islanders. I think um, you know last year we I would have definitely put them in here, but I think. Um, Barry Trotz has sort of molded Leonard and Grice kind of they've regained their form a little bit so and I um, think that we've seen that Thomas Grice actually not that bad Robin yeah. Leonard not that bad just playing for terrible teams uh, well I won't say the Islanders were terrible last year but I will say that the Islanders gave up a lot of opportunities uh, a lot like maybe a Craig Anderson he's not terrible but boy are the Senators making him look bad for sure for sure and uh, last team down my just missed was the Blackhawks I love have them on there too. Yeah, I love Corey Crawford. You and I talk, you know, sing his praises all the time. But once you get past him, it's it's bare. He, he is why I kept them off kept them off this list. I almost had them on here because of his health, but I I'm willing to leave them off this list for now because okay. hey, Corey Crawford, there, there's a chance he plays for another five years. There, you know, yeah, he absolutely. Gets, is. He uh, really regains his form and gets going. And uh, overall, Chicago is a pretty bad team too, so it's really hard to tell. Uh, why they're you know why they're bad so uh also new jersey arizona they just missed my list as well okay. arizona now with uh what sounds like anti niemi going to be out for the year anti rana uh, rana yeah. sorry sorry if they had anti niemi out for the year <laughs> it wouldn't be as no offense to anti niemi nope. but it wouldn't, wouldn't be as tragic right not as polarized in terms of talent level yeah i uh and then new jersey just Corey schneider can't stay healthy i don't really think keith kincaid's anything special and so I, I think that all these teams that we've listed are all teams that are just a half an injury away from going down. I mean, even, I mean, think some of these guys, they, they play hurt 
And that's just no good. And they don't really have anybody to back them up. And I guess New Jersey does have someone, you know, they do have Kincaid, but, uh, and that's why I kept them off this list is that at least they have some reasonable guys below them. Whereas the rest of uh, my list does not. So with that said, all right, uh, let's, let's get her started with your number five. Number five. Oh, the numero is the New Jersey devils. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, it's funny. I I couldn't believe it when I heard it, but I think it was yesterday. It's been a f- almost a full calendar year since, since Corey Snyder's won a game. Yes, I also saw that. Somewhere. So crazy to think about that. And, and and don't get me wrong. I mean, he was, you know, a couple of years ago and probably for the decade before that since his time in Vancouver, phenomenal goaltender, a great starter. But the last season and a half, he's just been below average. And when you can't win... To me, that doesn't make you, you know, that doesn't help your goaltending depth. Keith Kincaid, I'm kind of with you. I think he's more along the lines of a James Reimer type goaltender. Um, That's fair. A guy who could be a starter maybe in his absolute best prime. Right. He can be a starter for a non-playoff team. Exactly. And I think, you know, 30, 40 games, he can can give you decent stats. Um, And he's he's sort of proved that over the last year and a half, you know, because Corey Snyder has been hurt and playing below par so um and then beyond that there's not really anything that excites me too much about this team and i I think the one thing that's kept them lower at number five versus a little bit higher on this list for me is the fact that Corey snyder has proven he's a fun he has been a phenomenal goaltender in the past and maybe you know he's just you know in a terrible very very long slump you know maybe he might get it back i don't know could be Uh, i I, going back to last year i remember talking about Corey Schneider, because remember he was hurt early on, and it was like there's something going on with his groin. You could just tell by the way that he was moving in the crease and uh, his his speed being able to push off of one leg to the other. If you've ever hurt your groin before, you know how painful it is to try and go move laterally. And so I, I just I noticed that that was going on with him early in the season, and then boom, he got a hurt groin. So uh, I guess you know take that as it. As it is, I apparently watch goalies' groins. So that's <laughs> very nice. Uh, my number five of the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm sure that they appear on your list. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe they're on your list. Maybe they just missed. No, not on the list just, at all. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So the Philadelphia Flyers, and they are number five. I would have them higher. Carter Hutton, uh, Carter Hart is uh, obviously someone who's touted very highly. Uh, now, there have been goalies who've been touted very highly that end up being Carey Price. There's also been goalies touted very high that end up being, you Rick know, just, uh, yeah, or a, a, <laughs> a Jack Campbell or, a, you know, guys that are taken in the first round and they just don't pan out. So, it to me, uh, when you look at goalies and you go, okay, yes, who's the hotly touted guy? Now, I have to decide, you know, is it because of the team playing in front of them? Is it? You know, the certain level that he's playing at, and then he goes to the next level and he plays, he doesn't play as well because, you know, there's just so much of an unknown. So many goalies just come out of nowhere to be really good. And maybe not out of nowhere, but they're not necessarily uh, high end draft picks when they're first taken and they become uh, at a different level later on in their career at 23, 24, 25. So for me to put them, a team that has, such bad goaltending in the NHL right now. Like definitely if you if you took away the pro let me ask you this. If you took away the prospects, where would they be on this list? 
If we, if we just had no mm, prospects. I'd probably maybe put them at number two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just because I think when healthy, Brian Elliott can be good and so can Norvirth. I'm going to say that they can't. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, they, I mean. Not they, great, but I think they, they can be good. They have shown it in about three years that they can be good. I mean, remember Brian Elliott was also in Calgary. I mean, he's played in a couple spots. Yes, he was yeah. good for a good St. Louis team, but for, and, and a team that played a strong defensive game. And then everywhere else he's gone, he's kind of dumped the bed. So well, anyways, and and on top of that, he can't stay healthy. No, uh, that that is the problem. Their carousel of goaltenders. I mean, Stolars and Chad Johnson, of course, waved, and uh, it's just it's an absolute mess for the Philadelphia Flyers. I don't understand if Carter if Carter Hart is this good. Why isn't he up there? Yeah, that's I that's mean, the how mystery. much how much worse can he be than these guys? Yeah, so. now you're talking about waving Neuwirth to keep Stolarts long term for the season when sure. she gets healthy. Yeah, so. if you need to, sure. Like, come on. But yeah, obviously they're they're being patient. They're allowing him to play at a lower level. That's fine. Uh, I just, you know, I, I, just because you have a good prospect, that can that is a reason maybe that you would appear lower on my list. But it is not going to save you if your goaltending is pitiful in the NHL. Uh, you're number four. Number four, uh, the Edmonton Oilers. I don't get me wrong. I think that Miko Koskinen has sort of instilled a level of confidence. Um, I do think Ken Hitchcock has a lot to do with that. His system of play has really, really helped the team feel a lot more confident in front of him. Seven, two, and one in their last ten. They yeah, won their last three. It's pretty impressive. Um, but I, I still think that he, he's. He's okay, and I haven't seen enough of him to really make a judgment yet to say, is this is he for real yet? He's played, what, 15 games? Yeah, my that's the thing. Don't get me wrong. It's, he's been decent in those games, but again, um, I need I need a bigger sample size, right? A high save percentage is basically what he has, but, I mean, it's now all of a sudden the Oilers are tight checking. It's right. totally changed. Not to say that he can't be good, but... Yeah, Cam Talbot, uh, he's, he was good year one and just floundered ever since and uh, we, you talk about you know goaltenders drafted in the first round that were taunted you know to be very very good al montoya right third in their system yep he's a guy that i had a lot of high hopes for coming out of michigan got drafted by the rangers was supposed to be pretty good and he's been a good backup but yeah, he has been he's been a very good backup yeah i mean he's taken over for some teams yeah but i mean there's a reason he's a backup exactly yeah uh edmonton will uh, will appear higher on my list okay and uh, i'll i'll just i'll let that Come as it were. Uh, my number four is the Vancouver Canucks. Ooh. Now, I know we, the Canucks have basically two of the top 15 guys mm-hmm. in, in prospects. And that's all well and good. Uh, they have, uh, what what are their names? Uh, DiPietro and Demko. Demko, yes. That, Demko is the one I'm thinking of. It's Again, it's nice to have prospects, when you, but when you look at what's at the NHL level, it just is... I mean, early on in the season, we maybe thought that Markstrom had found some new level of, of play because he actually looked okay early on. But, I mean, again, it was just – it was the Vancouver Canucks just kind of being the Canucks. Early on, they looked good. and Yeah, back uh, to what we thought they were going to be. Yep, yep. I mean, honors Nielsen, definitely nothing special. Uh, and then Richard Bachman behind them, uh, playing in there, mostly playing in the minors. He's only appeared in one game this season and uh, started one, and he let in uh, six goals on 29 shots with a nice 793 save percentage and a 
point zero goals against average. So really great game for him. <laughs> really good time showing off your uh, your skills there. Uh, yeah. So I, I just the Canucks do seem to give up more opportunities than than most teams as well. They just. I mean, anytime you have this young team, you know, just like we said, they're coming out fast early on in the season, and then we find ourselves now, you know, a third of the way through the season, and it's exactly what we thought. We thought this team maybe could have some some games where they're able to outscore their opponents, but ultimately their goaltending's not very good. Their defense also isn't very good, and so that's where it's really tough. Is that is this team's lack of goaltending due to their lack of defense or is it just they don't have good goaltending and good defensemen so it's it's very very difficult i think to get a read on that although their whole organization maybe has some decent depth these guys have never played an nhl game before and so we have no idea what really is coming i mean ultimately every team has pretty much every team has one goalie where they're hopeful that they can eventually at least back up or start you know they're Every team's developing multiple goaltenders. So it's difficult for me to say, yeah, well, that guy's going to for sure make it and that guy's not. Uh, also, you can only have one goalie. So, <laughs> who, you know, great. You got two goalies who are in your system who are highly touted, but um, that ultimately isn't, you know, only one of them is going to be a starter. I doubt you see both of them on the roster at the same time. And so another reason why goaltending is so difficult is there really is only one job one real job and then a second uh kind of a a pseudo job a little bit sometimes it depends on the coach you play for right you're playing 65 games a year i mean that backup spot is unimportant yeah essentially which is why maybe a team like uh you know tampa bay vasilevsky goes down they don't have a whole lot underneath although deming playing out of his mind this week he's playing pretty good yeah but uh yeah there's you just you never know i mean that Teams are one injury away from the, all this depth being gone. Yeah, I mean, you think about a team like you know Montreal, for example. Niami has not played well. Carey Price has been okay, and he's been playing much better since Shea Weber came back. True. But he goes down. I mean, that team's pretty much screwed. Really, the team with the best depth in the NHL is the Las Vegas Golden Knights because they showed that <laughs> right. they actually have 1,100 goaltenders in their system <laughs> that can just keep on bringing them up. Uh, okay, so let's go. Uh, I've got Flyers, Canucks. You have New Jersey and Edmonton as your 5-4. Uh, let's go to your number three. Number three, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. Ah, same. All right. Hey, look, look at that. Look at that. Yeah, uh, Hurricanes to me, uh, McElhinney has looked pretty good. The problem is, is he's 35 years old. But you're, so basically your career backup looks good as your starter right? for the first for about a 15, 20 game stretch. Exactly. So how long is that going to last? I don't know. Um, I hope for Carolina's sake that it does last because right now I think they're currently tied for number one in the league at, with goals against, which is weird to think about uh, considering that everybody else on their, their goaltending roster is below 900 save percentage. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ma- McElhaney's played 11 games. Just, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And when you look a little bit further down on their, their depth chart, yeah, you know, everybody knows Scott Darling sitting in the minors. Will he regain form at some point? I think right now he's he's like at a 915, say, percentage in the minors. But again, that's the minors. Right. You're right. getting paid $4 million to be in the minors. Right. So uh, you couldn't hack it in the in the big leagues. I, I honestly can't believe it's – well, I guess because of that money is the reason why Darling is wasn't picked up on, on waivers. No, that's exactly why. Because he's got a couple years left. And, Man, he's, you know, it's just too bad he – you know, a team like St. Louis, just to go, you know what, let's let's try it. 
How many years does he have left in that deal? Three? Something like that. It's yeah. two or three. And I, I think two and a half something. Maybe you can yeah. trade Jake Allen for Scott Darling. Well. Straight up. That wouldn't actually be that Just bad go, of hey, a let's thought. Let's try it. They're out, of the, they're out of the division. And uh, as, far as, their, as far as their salaries go, I don't think that they're too far off from each no, other. No, they're both so. right around that $4 million mark. So that wouldn't be actually that bad, to be quite honest. Um, yeah, but you're Carol- in different di- you're in different divisions too, so it's yeah, not like you a, don't have uh, to see yeah. the guy all the time. Jake Allen at four three five. Okay, and he's got two and a half years left too. So there you yep. go. Yep. Hey, it would be uh, like an exact square swap. for square deal. Uh, you wouldn't really have to do much. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the problem is is two hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah, I think the problem is is Carol or St. Louis's management is just dead set on making Jake Allen work at this point. Like they've made no, like no, they've made no. God, what's the word I'm looking for? They right. haven't given you a reason to think that they're they're pulling away from Jake Allen yet. Yeah, and I mean I, I understand why they don't want to, but at some point this just it's not working. Right. I mean you we've seen fights and practices yesterday, Bertuzzo Ooh. and uh, another guy going at it. Right. So it just things are crumbling in St. Louis and uh, yeah, they need a shake up there again for sure. Yeah, and there's the one place where the coaching change didn't work. Right. <laughs> It has not done anything. Although well, L.A., not so much Craig either. Berube is the coach, right? Yeah, so he is. Mm-hmm. I can't believe he just didn't step in and beat the tar out of both players. That's true. Because he <laughs> certainly had the ability to. But maybe he, maybe he, like, I wonder if he brought Robert Bertuzzo over and was like, just, just go beat, just go beat someone up and break. Just go beat let's someone up. Let's just start something. Let's, let's get guys riled up. Or maybe at least make them scared to come into work. Wow. All right. Make these guys scared so that they're going to start playing. So <laughs> I don't know. So, oh boy, huh? Carolina still paying off Alexander Semin for another three years. Are they really? Yeah, two point wow. three million. Interesting. Uh, so okay, let's go to my. Well, that was that was both our number three. Yes. Yeah. Let me hear your number two. Let's have you go. Well, my first. number two is the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, you had a little bit lower. Yeah, uh, the Edmonton Oilers to me. I mean, now now Ken Hitchcock, it's. I think that it's just a, a masquerade for, you know, hey, we'll change, we'll make this a lot tighter checking. And, okay, yeah, you know, I think certain goaltenders thrive in certain systems. You know, sometimes you need a goalie, you need a, a goalie needs a system that's more wide open because they're more athletic and they're they're fine with that. And they, they thrive in a less structured type of system. But then you get the goalie who is only good in a very structured system. And, and he needs that. And so I, I don't know what Koskinen is because we don't really have as big, a big enough sample size from him, but I don't know if it's any, you know, any mistake or coincidence that Hitchcock comes in and all of a sudden everyone's defensive numbers go through the roof. <laughs> so and they're winning, uh, which is which I, I think can be you know a strong voice comes into a locker room and Connor McDavid gets behind it, everyone else is going to get behind it and. You know, this team has shown that it does have the ability to at least put together some good stretches of games. I mean, they made almost made it to the conference finals two years ago, for heaven's sake. So it's not like this. And there's there largely is a very similar makeup to this team to that. And so I don't think that it's uh, out of the realm of possibility that they can find their way back into the playoffs because I think what we've seen so far this season is that the Eastern or Western Conference is quite shallow. I mean, you go Nashville, Colorado, Winnipeg, and you can probably toss Calgary into there. 
It really, I, I don't even know if I'd put San Jose. San Jose, I think we'll figure it out. We'll put San Jose up there. Anaheim, they, they're one of those teams where you're like, how are you still doing this? They're a conundrum. You know what they are? They're the Red Wings of like 2012. Wow. Okay. Where you're like, how are you guys still actually winning? You guys, <laughs> uh, you guys are going to go to the playoffs again, aren't you? You sons of bitches. You are going to make the playoffs again. Uh, every year, people are like, no, nah, this is it. This team's done. They're too old. And then, oh, they do it. They maybe, <laughs> but they're probably not going to win a round. Right. If they win a round, they're definitely not winning the second round. Oh goodness. And so they're they're just. I mean, they're they're just that team. I mean, they are a minus thirteen in goal differential. The only other team in the playoffs right now with a minus goal differential is minus two, and that's the Islanders. Uh, and that division is pretty wacky. So I, I mean, I just. When I look at this, you go, you see Edmonton coming up behind them. They're two games in hand, and they could overtake them. And then Anaheim's out of there. I, I don't wouldn't put Edmonton in any kind of elite spot at all. So, I mean, the West really five teams. Maybe maybe I I might only really put three of those teams into that list. Wow, that just might be Nashville, Colorado, Winnipeg. The rest of them, none of them really blow me away. You know what's funny though, Calgary. They're they're number one in the West. Last time I think it, this yes, happened was 1992 or 93, I think is what I read today. Wow. Which is crazy to think it's been that long since they've been number one in the Western Conference. And in reality, they're 1912 is yeah. what, essentially what their record They're not is. bad. So. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're not, they're not, they don't scare me. As you know, like, you're, like you're saying, they're not an elite team when and, you think they can go deep. And goaltending wise, you know that if you, you might be able to outscore them. You know, depending on depending on what happens, I know they're. Although I will say, Mike Smith could turn it on. He could play off. He time, certainly so. could. That is very true. He did it for uh, for Arizona. I mean, granted, that was five years ago, but and this isn't to say that Calgary can't be good or that they're not good right now. It just the teams where I look and I go, all right, who could win the who could win the cup? Right, Nashville, Colorado, Winnipeg. I'm not putting any other team in that list. Mm, I don't know if I put Colorado. <laughs> I think if Colorado comes close to it, it's all because they have one line that can beat everybody. I, so. I think at this point, they their defense is really good too. And by it's the end of the bad. year, they're going to just keep getting better as those young players get better. And they're, they have, speaking of goaltending depth, they have some of the best goaltending depth in the league. They really do. And so, I mean, whereas when you look at the Eastern Conference, you go, okay, Washington could win the cup again. I mean, it's just, they look. They've been looking great, even though they've suffered injuries all year long. They've held it together. Tampa obviously favored to win the cup. Toronto could win the cup. I mean, as bad as Pittsburgh has played, would it really shock you if they figured it all out and they went into the playoffs and then they went on a run? Oh, not no. at all. Not at all. Exactly. I think the, the only re- the only thing about Pittsburgh, goaltending. Right. You got to figure right. out what. Right. Let's what say Matt and if do. Matt Murray figures out his life and he finds his form from Casey to Smith, nine twenty right now, yeah. save percentage. He's yeah. playing great. Exactly. I wouldn't play Matt Murray right now, even if he did come back healthy. If Columbus keeps everybody, if if they go past the trade deadline, don't trade Panarin, don't trade Bobrovsky. I think this team loosens up a little bit and they just roll. Oh, uh, I, I, they absolutely could. I, I think outside of those two guys, the rest of the team they're playing a little bit better than what they were last year, and they gave the Stanley Cup champs quite a run in that first round. I I thought Columbus probably should have beat them. Yeah. But yeah. Hopey saved Hopey. their butts. <laughs> exactly. Goaltending depth. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Save their butts. Full circle. <laughs> so, okay, uh so there is uh, there's there's the roundabout long explanation of the Edmonton Oilers for and, your uh, number 2. Uh, for my number 2. Yes, doesn't doesn't scare me. No, your number 1. So. No, my number 2. We oh, you're oh, yeah, I'm, I let you go first this time. So. Shoot. Uh, Ottawa. I put Ottawa the Senators. Senators. Okay. 
team that didn't even make your list. Um, they they would have also, if I kept putting teams on this narrowly missed, I actually was going to put Ottawa next, and I was just like, well, four is good enough. I can't say every team four. because then eventually I'm going to hit some teams on your list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, man, Craig Anderson, he can be good, but he can also be real bad, which is why they're so high. Because when you go past them, I mean, they've got um, – Mike Condon Mike and Condon, yeah. I mean Mike McKenna, guys that are just garbage to me in my opinion. Um, nothing much you to hear that, Mike's. Yeah, You're get garbage it going, to Justin. Garbage. Uh, Ottawa leads the league in goals against right now. So f- for what it's worth, that counts a lot in my book right now. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. Again, no prospects to get excited about in the system, really. Um, yeah. See, I, I just I just think that this team has gone. Okay, well, we know we're not going to be good. So, enough of this enough of this trap. Just go and let guys play. Go 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 go. Try to score as try to outscore teams. And so it's just I mean, the fact that Craig Anderson is, you know, a 358 goals against, yes, it's pretty bad, but that I think speaks more towards the team because also Mike McKenna has a high goals against average as well. Save percentage isn't good, but that's you. You also look at the high percentage chances that teams are getting in against Ottawa, and it's uh, a lot of odd man rushes as well. So it just it's it's not these goaltending goaltenders' fault. No, uh, no, no. And I think that when they're when they're playing a a better system, you know, when they're playing more defensive, again, that's why it's so it's so difficult to to rank these because yeah, you look at statistically and they're really bad, and I. You could definitely have this team up high. Uh, I I just say you know Craig Anderson's dropped into a a team that needs a goaltender for a playoff run. Like let's say Philadelphia, let's say they they figure it out and they're in the they're in the playoff hunt. Yeah, and they need a goalie. And Ottawa's way out. Craig Anderson a good spot for in in Philadelphia might look pretty good there. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, we have arrived to our number ones. Numero uno. Are they the same? Well, I'm looking at yours. Yeah, you, you can can't see, see mine. You can see mine. Yeah, I have a 40 inch TV as my monitor, <laughs> so uh, you know, just it's it's very easy for Justin to to see my screen. Yes. <laughs> also, um, no, we have the same team at number okay, one. There we go. The St. Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Yeah, uh, poor Jake Allen, so regarded, highly regarded as the next big starter for that team, and just has not panned out very well. No, and. You can't point to a bad defense for this team. Goodness, no. I mean, they've, I mean, the Colton Pareko and Alex Petrangelo have basically been uh, shopped all around the league by any any uh, analyst rumor people. Yeah, I keep hearing. You know, per- apparently, they're going to everyone's going to Toronto. You know, mm-hmm. those will start up pretty soon. Everybody's going to Toronto. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jake Allen. It really. This is just about Jake Allen. It He's really is the highest touted goaltender to flop so quickly like it would have been you know if he had you know remember the st louis blues they made the playoffs with both of the brian elliott and jake allen as a a dual tandem they made the playoffs and i believe it was brian elliott who struggled in the playoffs yeah and so then they you know they let brian elliott walk he went to calgary and jake allen took over and it just it's never worked never he really hasn't gone through really great stretches since then. Uh, just, I mean, this team narrowly missed the playoffs last year. So they go and they make a bunch of changes. 
They bring in some good veterans, some players that you know have produced other places. And it, I would say that the a high, high percentage of the reason that they've been losing is their goaltending. Oh, absolutely. He's he to me is one of the most inconsistent goaltenders in the league. He is the most inconsistent starter in the league, in my opinion. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah, he'll go through he'll go through two or three game stretches where I look at this guy and I'm like, wow, that I mean, that's a great number one they have there. And then two days later, he turns around and it's like, oh, so now you're going on a stretch of like seven games at an eight seventy say percentage. Congratulations on all your success. Right. So. <laughs> right. And he's getting, I mean, he's getting paid $4 million. I mean, that's that's low starter money, but he hasn't earned it by any means. And he got paid, he got paid that contract right after Brian Elliott left. So they were basically like, hey, you know what? You you played, I think it was, he has a 47 game season. He played 47 games because Elliott was getting hurt again. Right, right. And so it's like, okay, we, we think we're going to play pretty you. good in that. Yeah, he did. I think he had like a 915 save percentage or something like that that season. But they basically gave him the money and said, hey, we think you're going to be better than what we're paying you. So we're going to try to get a deal now. And it kind of blew up in the face. So, yep, not working out. Uh, yeah, I mean, St. Louis right now sitting pretty darn far back, 11 points out of the playoffs. Losing for Hughes. And yeah, I mean, I just don't think they're as bad as Chicago or LA. <laughs> Chicago yet to. Uh, Yet to win double digits. The only team left that's won less than 10 games. Wow. Can you uh, think about this next year? If you had Jack Hughes as your top center with Patrick Kane, and then you had Jonathan Taves on that second line. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah. (laughs) That would look pretty good. I think the league would love that because Chicago is such a great market. Oh, yeah. So it would be be huge. Uh, I think the, you know, I think the league would always want those players almost in the East. (laughs) The East because more people can wa- more people watch the Eastern oh, absolutely. Conference teams other than Chicago though. Uh, I mean the thing is, oh, man, like looking at the standings in the East, you know, like do you really like New Jersey? Don't do I go really want to see them get another good player or Philadelphia again? Uh, Florida? Now nah, I just I, I'm yeah I, I I would rather it be Chicago at least then it's a team that right. That is going to get some attention. Although that makes it so that they get ninety, all eighty-two of their games on Wednesday night rivalry right. night for NBC. I know they don't do rivalry night anymore, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So St. Louis Blues are number one worst goaltending depth in the NHL, and there's really not much in their their pipeline either. Right? It's just no. kind of kind of barren, and so uh, the Blues need to figure that out. I think that what's going to happen is they're going to deal one of Pareko or Petrangelo. I could see the Blues considering moving Tarasenko. Really? I, I could see it. I mean, don't get me wrong. With a $7 million cap it, you can get a King's Ransom back for a guy like that. Yep, for you sure. certainly could. And most teams could afford to find a way to wiggle him in. Now, you know, I guess what... It, I don't think it really makes a lot of sense to deal him because... He's he's a winger who's he's making good money. He's a good player for you, and and you really need a center. And so, how do you get a center? How do you get a good center? Well, you just got Ryan O'Reilly, and he's not the problem. Uh, Braden Shen, you have, and so it's uh, it's kind of more like okay, we need to find somebody who can coach this team because this this team just. I mean, I remember they went from Ken Hitchcock, right? Ken Hitchcock, yeah, Ken Hitchcock to Mike and Yo. It was Mike Yo. Now it's Craig Berube, who's just an interim. 
Yeah. I think you find a good coach to put in a good system for this team and then get yourself a good goaltender and yeah. yeah. And I think you're all set. So, and I've, I've heard, I've heard Jimmy Howard's name tossed around for St. Louis. And I don't think Jimmy Howard's going to leave Detroit. No, I, I don't. I, I think maybe at the deadline he might go just to bring something back, but then he'll resign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is, it, you know, it's, it's fascinating that there's 30 goaltending jobs in basically here's the 30 best jobs in the world. Mm-hmm. There are hundreds of players playing other positions and there's no shortage of talent at other positions. And I would say at the goaltending level, at the goaltending position, there is a severe lack of high-end talent. Yeah, that's fair. And and I don't necessarily care about the the statistics. I think this is this is why this has happened. Because remember goaltenders used to all be the super athletic small like Eddie Eddie Belfort well he was like five nine five ten and uh, and just insanely athletic you had Dominic Hashik who was five slinky five ten five something like yeah, that and, guy, yeah. and he was an unreal athlete just so flexible and could do crazy things and had such a read on the puck you started to get away from that when teams started th- you know I guess logically you go well if I, I remember thinking as a kid why don't they just get some giant sumo wrestler in there and just right. put pads on him and he'll block the whole thing uh, you know, and essentially that's what teams did. They said, well, let's get a really tall guy because the butterfly position changed the way that goaltenders needed to be constructed because when they went down on their knees, well, then all of a sudden now all the corners are available. And as sticks progressed and as they became, uh, you know, a better and fast, you were able to shoot faster and get the puck up uh, higher more quickly. It made it so that you needed to have taller goaltenders like a Ben Bishop or like a, 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 a Vasilevsky, a, a yeah. Rene, where you've got a guy who can cut, cover the whole net. But those guys have tended to be less athletic because they're just bigger. Sure. It takes longer to get down, too. I right. Mean, just by default. So I wonder if because of that, teams went, well, let's just get really big goaltenders. And they started, you know, copycat league. You start bringing in all these uh, goalies that are a little bit bigger and now you've gotten away from the athletic goalie, and as the pads shrink, right, and as the you know, there's your problem. Different advantages have changed in the goal against the goalie. That now you're you got to start thinking maybe we need to move back to a slightly smaller player who can be more agile, more athletic, or it's that you need to take these taller players and you need to to you know work on something different. I I don't know as the training evolves. But the the goaltending position to me, it just it feels like there's less star power at the goalie position, and the star goalies that were there a couple of years ago, all of a sudden, like Carey Price, he's not even in the conversation anymore for a top five goalie or anything. I mean, and and he was he was the guy, he was the best goalie in the league, and he would be the best goalie in the league for the next ten years, and then he signed that contract and goodbye. Yeah, Jonathan Quick, another guy who is sort of faded but, away. But a little he's bit. very athletic. Oh sure, absolutely right, and so. I, Jonathan Quick to me maybe is more like a Felix Potvin where he had a rise and then he quickly crashed. Oh, that's a good analogy. I like that. He just couldn't. Uh, couldn't. Uh, if you're too athletic, if you're only athletic and not positioned enough, I guess. That, right. I, it wouldn't shock me to see the goaltending go back around towards a little bit more of a stand-up type style where guys have to be positioned perfectly just to be able to stop. Because I think one of the things, like we, t- we talked about Edmonton's goaltender, right? Um, 
What's his name? Koskinen. Koskinen, right? One of the things that he's very good at is he doesn't have to move a lot because he's very good positionally, right? That's what he's, mm-hmm. at least that's what I keep hearing is that's what's been very good about him. That's why he's stealing the net away from Cam Talbot and then, then Cam Talbot played horrible. But um, yeah, so I think you're going to see guys get drafted who are better positionally than anything else mm-hmm. with that little bit of athleticism because like you said this the pads are getting smaller everything's shrinking in size on goaltenders because the league wants goal scoring to go go up and it is it I is mean, it's, absolutely uh what is it at, at this point of the season uh for players being a point per game at this point of the season uh i i saw man i wish i had taken a screenshot of this chart it was like over the last 10 years i think it was. I think the most was last year, and there was eight players at this point this year or that were a point per game. And this year, there's 24. Wow! Which in the last 10 years, eight is the highest. There were years where there were two. Really? And there's 24 guys at a point per game. So I mean, I think that you know the the pendulum has swung, and it's swinging back to goal scoring. And I don't ex- I don't expect that to swing back anytime soon. I mean, the league is going to keep on pushing for more goals because goals, hey, in an era where you need highlights and YouTube videos and Facebook stuff popping up and Twitter videos where you get those quick views, you got to have goals. Yeah, goals sell games. And you know what? Guys are less concerned about blowing people up now with giant hits and they would rather score goals. That's where all the money is. So I actually, before we end the show, there was apparently a memo. I, where did I read this? TSN maybe. Somewhere. There's a memo that went around. Uh, the league wants the really chintzy penalties to stop. Uh, the one, like the, the, the useless hooking ones. And, and they, they just, they don't want them called now ooh. because they, there's been too many power plays and they think that it's taking away from the physicality of the game because now guys are afraid to even finish a check. Right. So uh, if the league does indeed go in that direction, you know, it, I I do think that there needs to be more like, all right, this is a penalty and until, you know, or it's not a penalty until it gets to this point, then it's a penalty. I, I do like that there's no, like all the slashing that they took out you know, last year that was good, but there's right. some like little tiny the hooks and like you know you get oh, you, you just get, touch a guy's glove and you're automatically called for a hook. Or yeah, slash. yeah, and that's it's it's just almost chin. too far. Uh, before they didn't call any slashes, and then they went to calling a tap a slash. Right, it's just you got to figure out a good balance there, and and it's the interference. Like a guy shoots away a puck, you should be able to hit him half a second later. You know, as long as you're not hitting his head. Should be okay, but guys don't want to take the chance of getting an interference penalty because they've been so much more strict on it. And so, I, I think you may see see that change too. So, oh yeah, I don't know how goaltending depth got into uh, penalty calling. Well, for, for hey, speaking of points per game, players, the amount of players with points per game, uh, Austin Matthew leading all players at points per game right now at one point six three. Also, only played fifty games. Well, right, yeah, <laughs> still fifteen goals I think in fifteen games or something. Uh, sixteen and sixteen. Sixteen, 16 there you go. Not too shabby. Well, that has been our show. I uh, hope you enjoyed our, our lack of goaltending depth. And we do have one more in this series, and that is prospects. Just an overall prospect and who has the worst depth in their prospect system. Uh, it's it's an interesting one because you could have a lot of times the teams that have been on these lists are teams that are naturally 
below, like deep into the standings, their their bottom feeder teams. Lack of prospect depth. A lot of times, it's going to be good teams, right? Because you're always drafting later in the round, or you've traded exactly. away your draft picks, or, or teams that have had like. The, I don't think the Toronto Maple Leafs are uh, in the top five worst, but two years ago they would have had maybe the best prospect pool in the league. But now all those guys have made their team, so sure. they're they're somewhere in the middle of the pack, most likely. Uh, so it'll be a little bit different team selection uh, than the past four shows. So join us for that. We will uh, we'll bring that to you next week, and we'll have some uh, some other things going on later in the week. And uh, hit us up on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. And we will talk to you very soon. Have a good rest of your night.